We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 282. Okay, this is going to be a fun one. We are talking today specifically about one of the horses that I have in training. His name is Q, and he came to me recently with a little bit of a problem. He was randomly kind of without any rhyme or reason stopping at jumps. And he is a very kind, gentle giant, eager to please, and it just didn't really match his normal behavior. And so when I found equine performance identities, I I was super intrigued and really interested. Basically, equine performance identities is like how in corporate world you would take a personality test or in school or in college or whatever in order to match to a good career or maybe a personality type, um, types of friends or a partner that you would match with best. Equine Performance Identities has taken those types of tests and have really applied them well to the personality traits of horses and how best to care for them and train with them so that they are really learning and growing based on their personality type. So I went online and took the 10 minute quiz all about Q and his personality and certain traits and things like that. And now I'm about to get the results from our guest today and talk a little bit about why she thinks he might be stopping or not wanting to jump right now. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Caitlin Hurley. Hi, Caitlin. Hey, Bethany. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm honestly super excited to be having this conversation with you. So Amazing. thanks for inviting oh, me on. Good. Well, I've heard a bit about equine performance identities. I'm excited to dive a little bit deeper, um, but I thought it was you know an extra fun episode because we are actually analyzing one of the horses that I have in my training program. I, for those of you listening, I took Caitlin's assessment on her website about one of the horses that I have in training. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper with, you know, all the services that she provides with one of the horses that I have named Q. So um, before we get into that, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you first kind of found yourself in the horse world. Yeah. Well, I'm not from a horse family. My parents, they're they're very, um, (laughs) I pity them for stumbling into this uh, world, but um, they were wholly unprepared and definitely thought this was a phase. But my older sister rode, I'm one of four kids and and my my other sister and I always wanted to start riding. So we like begged and begged and begged for lessons. We finally started taking lessons when we were in third grade. And I just always wanted to work with horses professionally. So yeah, I guess you could say it was like I was born with it, but it wasn't certainly not like family driven, (laughs) like some people in the industry. It's like a family business that is not the case in my story. Yeah, definitely. And after school, then you worked a little bit in corporate world. What was that kind of like? And then how did you end up getting back into working with horses? Yeah. So I worked with horses full time. 
I wanted to go to school for horses. So I ended up going to, I started at Virginia Tech where I could get a business degree, but they still have an equine science minor. I ended up taking a break from school and I worked with horses full time. I worked for an FEI show jumper. I worked for an eventer. I was a working student. Um, And then I decided to go back and finish my business degree. And at the time I am in a, was in a serious relationship with my now husband. And I feel like we never got to see each other because he had his typical like Monday through Friday job and kind of burnt out on horses a bit, you know, like at the end of the day, I didn't want to ride my own horse, you know, and I just wanted to get back to the joy of it. So when I was finishing my management degree, I learned about consulting. And for one of my classes, I went to go visit boutique consulting company who I currently work for that turned into an internship, which turned into a job. And I was able to find the integration points really between what I was doing with horses and teaching people to ride and really understanding what motivates horses and how to teach them something without being able to talk to them, you know. Um, And I was able to translate that to my corporate job. Uh, in, In my role, I do a lot of employee engagement and team development and helping people work better together and understanding what sort of work gives them energy and what drains them and trying to find that balance because there's elements of jobs like every job has an element of it that is not super fun to do but I learned about predictive index which is a behavioral self-assessment for people much like uh, DISC or Myers-Briggs for those of you who are not familiar with predictive index is sort of in the same bucket of tools and uh, naturally then I started I'm a very curious person so I started trying to translate that to horses and horse personalities. And so that's kind of how I have found myself here (laughs) in creating this personality assessment for horses called equine performance identities. And it's kind of been a a nice full circle moment. And I really hope I can dive into this full time. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. How would you say that equine performance identities is maybe different from other horse personality tools out there? So I am not trying to recreate the wheel. Predictive index is what I've, what has really inspired this tool for one thing. And and it is a fully validated, researched behavioral assessment for people. Um, I'm not trying to start something from scratch. I'm certainly um, not like the leading expert in human personalities or anything like that. And I also feel like predictive index and um, therefore equine performance identities for horses strikes a good balance of being able to talk about personality in a simple and understandable way while still acknowledging that personality is a very complex thing. And what I think really sets it apart from other tools out there is I tend to think that the other tools try to oversimplify personalities by trying to bucket horses into, you know, one of four personalities or something along those lines. And I just don't think that it can be done that cleanly. So I think that equine performance identities finds that nice balance of being able to talk about it and use it and leverage it while still acknowledging the complexities of personality. Yeah, I love that. Tell me a little bit about how, kind of give me a rundown of how, how the tool works. Yeah, so there are, it's based on the trait theory in psychology. Um, the one in particular that it's based on is Willi- from William Moulton Marston, um, which says that there are four traits. 
And the traits are spectrums of behavior. So if you think of like extroversion as a trait, you know, for people, you think of like extroverts and introverts. So there's like kind of two sides of the traits, so to speak, as far as the spectrum goes. So equine performance identities measures four traits. The traits are dominance, which is the horse's preference to control or comply. Extroversion, which is the horse's preference to interact or isolate. Stability, which is the horse's preference for variety or predictability. And then structure, which is the horse's preference for clarity or flexibility. And for each kind of side of the spectrum, there are characteristics that you can associate with that side of the spectrum. And so when you take the assessment, I'm basically asking about those characteristics and how often you observe them. So that way I can get a sense of where that horse falls on the each spectrum based on your inputs. And then I'm able to analyze that, create a report that gives an overview of that horse's profile and, and some actionable tips that you can start using immediately to help work with that horse better based on where, what their personality is. Once someone goes through the assessment for a horse, how do they use that information? Yeah, I mean, we all have different working styles, right? So that's really what the report is trying to help you understand is that you have to be able to meet the horse where they are. With people, you can kind of expect the other person to adapt a bit Mm -hmm. and meet them in the middle to work better together. But with horses, that, that responsibility really falls on us to understand how they best work. And so the report helps you understand that a bit and what motivates them. So that way, when you are working with them, you can keep that in mind. So for example, like my horse is high dominance and high extroversion. So as a reward at the end of the ride, I take off all of her tack and I let her explore the ring and play a bit, um, which satisfies the needs associated with the extroversion, her high extroversion, as far as being curious, and also satisfies the needs for her high dominance of wanting to be in control. So her reward is that she gets to go explore and kind of do her own thing for a bit after the ride is over. So cool. What kind of results have you seen from people who have used the assessment? People have, I mean, given me really positive feedback. I'm still learning. This is still a new tool. So I love hearing their perspectives on the report and how they use it. I think it's been really fascinating to hear that the tips that I provide are what they have figured out over time, what works for their horse. And so I hope that using the FPI assessment and people doing it for their horses, they can find out that information a lot sooner and not have to go through the whole trial and error process of trying to figure out what works. But I can speak for my horse in particular, who I was just speaking about. She's she's much happier (laughs) for sure. Um, And I know what motivates her. So I can use that to our advantage to just make the relationship a lot better. Um, And so I've definitely seen a difference in the way that I work with my own horse and how she responds to me and trusts me um, based on how I'm working with her. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, I'm (laughs) excited because I took the survey earlier this week for one of my client's horses, and Mm -hmm. I haven't really dived into the results yet that you sent me. So I would love to go through them together. Yeah, so Q, I I saw uh, your inputs on the survey. Do you want to just kind of walk through the report together and then discuss it a bit? Yeah. All right. So based on your inputs, 
The main spectrum that is going to influence his behavior is the structure spectrum because he is high structure, which means that he likes clarity, likes very clear expectations. He likes, he likely wants to do things right, which may make him a little bit more cautious or even spooky potentially if he doesn't know what to expect or what is expected of him or he doesn't feel like he can do whatever you're asking him to do correctly Hmm. yet (laughs) the other drives the dominance extroversion and stability he does have slight preferences for those but they're not very strong for him he ultimately is more situational for those drives so for the dominance drive for example you'll probably see either depending on context or depending on his mood, he might show up with some behaviors on both sides of the spectrum. So Hmm. maybe he likes to lead, but maybe he backs down quickly to conflict. Or maybe some days he's really sweet. um, And then other days he is more independent or, or pushy or stubborn, potentially. The situational extroversion can show up Uh, Maybe some days he is more extroverted and wants to be with you. And then maybe after some time, he needs to kind of recharge and needs a good balance between kind of social and having some time to himself. The stability spectrum is situational for him as well. So he, on the high side of the stability spectrum, we see more like methodical behaviors. So they're not as much of a go horse, you know, they're more steady. Somebody that you can put an amateur on, like put your non-horse friend on them and they're just going to pack them around. And then on the low stability side, we see behaviors as being more of a go horse or maybe being more sensitive to energy um, or like builds up energy over time if they have a few days off. So depending on context for Q, you might see behaviors on both sides of the spectrum, but he is high structure. So that's really, I think where we're going to end up discussing the most today is because that's because that's the strongest spectrum for him it will have the strongest influence on his behavior and his needs as you're working with him. Yeah. So that's kind of a really quick overview. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, I mean, that is definitely super accurate of him. He is, you know, he can be like super easygoing. He's naturally very quiet. Like he takes a Mm -hmm. lot of leg and you have to create the energy. Um, Mm -hmm. usually, you know, pretty unfazed by things. Most of the time he's one that like, like you were saying, like you could bring your friend and like, walk. he could, you know, like your friend could go walk on him around chill. Then there's other times where it does seem like he's so kind by nature and he wants to please so badly. But I think if that isn't a clear direction is when he gets a little bit like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, and then that kind of became a habit. And then, and so now, like I have had told you in the assessment, now there are days where he is perfect and he doesn't bat an eye at anything. And there are days that he uh, will stop at jumps. So Mm -hmm. definitely trying to navigate. That's why I thought he would be so interesting to discuss because he definitely has good days and bad days. Sometimes it comes, it really does come across like there's no rhyme or reason. He's normally, you know, naturally not a very spooky horse, but then, you know, like sometimes it'll be like, 
a blue box he doesn't want to jump or like a jump that has like a shadow cast over it. So then you, you beg to ask like, well, maybe he, maybe it is scary for him. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's just, it's hard because there isn't like a super rhyme or reason or like, oh, he's, he's not jumping because he's, um, hurting somewhere or uh, no, he's sound. We've checked everything or, or no, he's not jumping because he doesn't like this type of jump or he's fresh. Mm -hmm. It's very situational. So yeah, I thought that that was like this initial kind of assessment made a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And when you said you mentioned something in the assessment, like some he'll be good. And then all of a sudden he'll stop. And then after he stops once, he unravels a bit, Mm -hmm. I think is what you said. And I find that I find that really interesting in comparison to his high structure needs, because my again, I've I've never met Q. I saw one picture of him that you put on the assessment and I have seen him on your Instagram a little bit. But with high structure horses, they really want to be able to do things right. Mm -hmm. And they do want to follow the rules, but they need very clear expectations and Mm. With people, what I find is if uh, somebody is high, if a person is high structure and they don't know how to do something, that will be a barrier for them to try. So they would rather not do it and not fail than Mm -hmm. try and fail Mm because they're high structure. They don't, they want to mitigate risk. They don't want to do things wrong. So my educated guess as to why he might be stopping is because for some reason in that instance, he does not feel like he can. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like a lack of confidence there because high structure horses get confidence through expertise and like depth of knowledge and kind of the amount of times that they do something. Right. So my guess is for whatever reason, and in those instances, he has lost, he loses his confidence in that moment. Definitely. And then my, you said he unravels. So um, I think that still ties back to that high structure of wanting to do something right. And he he knows what right and wrong is, right? He's, he's jumped before. He probably knows he's not supposed to stop. Right. So then he's getting in his head like, oh no, I did something wrong. And, And it gets really hard then to get him to refocus and build up that confidence again, because he's like so concerned potentially that he did not meet those expectations. He did not do what he knows is expected of him. Right. I don't know about you, but whenever a horse friend or barn mate or trainer's birthday rolls around, I always struggle to think of the perfect gift. I always want something that really exemplifies the equestrian lifestyle. And recently I started ordering gifts and yes, some pieces for myself because the stuff is so cute, from Horse Scout Design. Horse Scout Design is the home of equestrian lifestyle gifts and homewares online. At Horse Scout Design, you can find products with super unique design prints by talented artists and photographers, or you can honestly personalize your own pieces through a photo of your horse or a design that you want to create for yourself, family, and any horse or animal lover in your life. I have so many cool blankets and throws. Um, I have a dog bed. There are so many options at Horse Scout Design that you can really personalize and really make a normal everyday homeware piece 
have the equestrian lifestyle vibe that you are going for. So for more information, visit their website at horsescoutdesign.com. Right. And yeah, it just kind of becomes this downward spiral for the rest of the ride because, and I do think like, he's not the horse where you're going to, you know, like force it out of him, or he's not the horse that like, you'd want to use any type of force. Like he's not Mm -hmm. one that you take to the cowboy. Like it's, Mm -hmm. he needs like a bit of like hand holding -holding. it's hard because it's that fine line where like, you don't want to baby him, but you also like know that that's, he responds well to, you know, to just calmly trying it again or doing something different and maybe going back to it. When my, when my client and Q came to me, they had been, you know, jumping the three, six equitation and he had been doing amazing. Um, at one point, you know, he kind of started stopping and then continued to stop. And I, when he came to me, I didn't know if it was a strength thing that maybe he lost some strength through his hind end, maybe he had a bad situation that maybe scared him. And then, then after that, it kind of turned into like a, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know mm-hmm. if this, I don't know if I want to do this because last time and then it, then, then it kind of became, you know, part of what he did. And so yeah. what I tried to do is for a while took the jumps away. We just did a bunch of flat work, really helped, you know, work on building his top line up again, building his hind end up again. And then what I, what I've been trying to do is to incorporate, which I'm so happy that this kind of came up in his assessment, but really to incorporate structure. And Mm -hmm. um, even if we're jumping, you know, 18 inch jumps that he does, you know, a little bit every day, he gets rewarded for it, jumping, like trying to make things like fun and that he can succeed and do well and yeah. feel happy about that and building up um, his confidence again yeah yeah and letting him know that like if you do it you get rewarded for it and to just give it a try so yeah I think that approach I'm obviously it's going to take a lot of time to see major differences um, before we you know ever go back you know now we're jumping anywhere between, you know, like two foot and two six and just spending mm-hmm. time with that. And occasionally he will still stop. So just finding different ways to encourage him that, you know, to, to give it a try. And and obviously there's the dynamic of the rider as well. And like being able to find the the balance of the, you know, like leading and being the pack leader, but then also um, being kind of intuitive with, you know, how he is going and feeling that day. Yeah. Yeah. And you said you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head as far as really focusing on praise because high structure horses, because they want to do things right, they tend to take criticism very seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you sort of have to completely avoid criticism with them in a way because they then get so concerned about the fact that they did something wrong. Right. And so you really have to rely on praise and rewarding the behaviors that you're looking for. Um, And if you're ever in a situation where things kind of are unraveling and they're getting stressed out, go back to something that he knows how to do very Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. because that will help him feel more secure again because he knows exactly what you want. And so it will help to relieve his nerves. You can kind of build him back up. Even if that's like he stops at the jump, 
you take away everything except one pole, walk over the pole, praise him, trot over the pole, (laughs) praise him, you know, and just honestly, very slow building blocks. Like you cannot go too slow with high structure horses because they really need things to be very black and white and clear. Why do you think that a horse like Q, if he, let's say he, you know, is cantering up to a vertical and he stops, let's say he would get reprimanded. If he doesn't like criticism, wouldn't you think that he would be like, oh, I better jump the jump next time? You know, why do you think it goes that way? Like why the unraveling if there's a horse that is so concerned or, or does not, you know, do well with being reprimanded? Yeah, I think it goes back to the root cause of him stopping. Mm. So if he is stopping because he truly feels like he doesn't, he's not able to do it, he doesn't have the confidence to do it, mm-hmm. and then you're punishing that, that doesn't help his confidence. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> um, like he's not doing it to be bad. If, the, mm-hmm. if you knew the intent was he's doing it to be bad, to like chuck his rider off or something like that, then that's, you can reprimand that. But right. if, if he's doing it because of a lack of confidence, then correcting him for that doesn't address the root cause of the uh-huh. stop. I would say 99% of the time he, you can see it four strides out and he's let, he's like, Hey, I don't think I can do this. It's not Uh like a dirty stop last minute. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just like, you know, I wouldn't, obviously you don't want to reward him for stopping, right? but I wouldn't like, you know, crack him with a crop either, you know, because that's not going to help the root cause. It's probably going to hurt it. Yeah, um, truly, because he's he's gonna feel even worse <laughs> mm-hmm. about what he did and not mm-hmm. in a constructive way. Like I see a lot with high structure horses. My horse actually is also high structure as well. And her training in her training, when she doesn't understand what you're asking or how to do something, she's not getting that need met for her high structure. So then her high dominance takes control and she starts resisting you. And she had a lot of like undo, we had to undo a lot of stuff with her because people would get mad at her for resisting where the roots of the resistance was because she didn't understand Mm -hmm. um, and there was anxiety there. And so that just made the anxiety and her kind of trust issues even worse because they were punishing her for being anxious and trying to communicate with us that she didn't understand. And instead of addressing that and kind of taking some steps back, people would get frustrated at her. And so that kind of snowballed into this sort of like defensive. (laughs) I mean, it took a year and a half to undo all of that. So you just have to really, and, and that's where I think this assessment is helpful can help is because if a horse is resisting something or not doing something, it helps you understand faster what that root cause probably is so that you can address it appropriately. Are they being naughty and it, and you do need to be a bit more constructive or do they genuinely just lack the confidence or don't understand what you're asking? Right. Definitely. Wow. That was so good. I feel like that was seriously so accurate for who (laughs) Q is. And it definitely gives me clarity. I have a lesson with him and his rider later this afternoon. So I'm excited to kind of put some of these things into practice. Yeah. And you mentioned also he tends to do it more off property, right? He stops more off property. Yeah. 
And that also makes sense because it's a new environment. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's not, if he doesn't go off property a lot, that's a whole new thing that he's learning, sure. right? right? Like a, a, how he doesn't quite know yet what to expect right. or have confidence in those new scenarios. Yeah. So then that exacerbates his lack of confidence in jumping. So you see the, the refusing more. Yep. Definitely. So you would say that lots of positive reinforcement when he's doing the things that he can do well and he does them will be what helps his confidence overall. Yeah. It's really reinforcing that confidence and assuring him that he does know what to do Yeah, and just building that confidence back up again. Right. I love that. Amazing. Um, So I took this for anyone who hasn't been on um, the website before, I took assessment. It took maybe about 10 minutes or so and then received the analysis of it. And what I really love about the analysis, it like gives you a summary um, and kind of like a, in like a graph. And then also in the, you know, the summary by spectrum. And then I love the, the, the application section of that. And this is kind of like Mm -hmm. what we went through um, of different like tips to consider. And then what else? I mean, you can also do a consult. So tell me a little bit about that. It's kind of, it's basically like what we just did, like a follow-up call. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. Answering any questions that you might have. I mean, I can only say so much in the report, you know, I, I really think that you get so much more benefit from actually discussing it and being like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I see it in this instance, but not in this instance. Like, what do you think that is? Or, um, and honestly, like, I, I just love talking about this. I mean, so please don't hesitate to reach out if you have questions, if you take the report for your own horses, I'd, I'd love to talk about it um, and learn from you as well. Cause again, this is a new tool. So I'm continuing yeah. to learn myself. Oh, so cool. Well, yeah. For anyone who hasn't checked it out, make sure you do. This is uh, not sponsored or anything. My my executive producer and I found Caitlin and we're like, wait, this is so interesting. This is so <laughs> cool. And like, why not try to find new ways to understand your horse? I mean, we speak a different language. So finding ways to understand your how your horse is wired and it maybe if you have a problem point like I did today, um, to try to, you know, understand that more and try a different approach. So for anyone looking into uh, this, they can, you can go to equineperformanceidentities.com and take the quiz right there and, and go from there. But Caitlin, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.